I should ask you to bring both because I should actually ask you to bring both the issue as well because if we're going to start off Shoftim it's worthwhile perhaps now thinking where are we because we're now starting a new a new epoch and that re- requires you to look back every now and then to see where we were but let me, let me remind you things, many of these things I would have spoken about in the last few weeks or bit by bit so let's lay it down in, in one place I commented that Yeshua gave two great big droshas at the end of his life. One drosha was to the Canaan, and then they would be there, their job would have been, sorry, their job would have been to deal with the fighting or whatever, summoning people to the army. And to them he made a great fuss about the fact, don't leave the Goyim in soil. If you do, they will be fighter of cloudy soil and then you'll have Soros and you'll be thrown out and then the very last thing he did was he summoned all Kali Soros and he said to them don't serve a Veda Zora serve a Veda Zora and you'll all have Soros so not surprisingly if that was enough we say it was a cop also repeating what Moshe Rabbeinu if you look in Devorim apart from telling you particular mitzvahs which he tells you he spends a large amount of his time telling you don't have anything to do with the Goyim, get rid of the Goyim, don't serve a Vedasar, it goes on and on and on. It's very repetitive, isn't it? Yeah. Yeshua just does it in two, two great big goes. But it's the same principle. Why? Because this is what's going to be the problem. The problem we're going to see in Shoftim is that they indeed have trouble from the Goyim who are left, I'm not saying only Goyim in Eretz you've got trouble from Goyim outside Eretz coming to attack but also you've got trouble in Eretz Yisrael from the Goyim who are left there. And there's references to the Yidden serving of Eretz Yisrael. Yeah. So that leads us to the issue of why was it that they didn't get rid of the Goyim? What were they doing with all these Goyim? Now we've spoken about this before, several times. And, and, and I'd like you to, in this country, to understand where we, where we, where we, we are now in terms of controlling the country. Because in one way, it is a little bit contradictory and it's difficult to get, to get where we are. Remember, Yeshua started off and he fought off against five kings. No, I don't mean he got to, to, uh, to Yerichai, he captured Yerichai, and then he went to, had a battle with Ai, and then we had the Givadim, and then we found five kings came together and they attacked and they attacked Kaliusol. It was actually an attack from the Goyim. Again, it started off attacking the, the Givainim who wanted to make peace with the Kaliusol. And that was in chapter chapter Tes, where it said, um, of Yahushua, that is. Right, I'll just read the words. I went to, we have to go into it deep. Whether they were Bahar, that means the mountains, the Shvela, in the lowlands, to the by the sea, in Mulayale, Halavona, Achitu, Emavi, Achnali, Apisi, Kiruusi, Vice Kapsu Yachar, Elochem, Yoshua, they came together to fight against Yoshua. You saw Perechor, they all agreed, we've got to do something about it. And five of them got initially together, as I mentioned, and they had, they had a battle with, with um, Yoshua, and the start of chapter 
and they sort of jumped the gun and these five included the king of Yushalayim that was in um, that was in chapter Yud where these five kings came together the king of Yushalayim was called Adoni Tzedek we'll come back to this name Adoni Tzedek Adoni Tzedek Adoni Tzedek Adoni Tzedek Adoni Etc. And you were afraid. And like Yishtad and he said it, Melech Yushalayim, Melchoisom, Melech Hevron. And he mentioned other company, other places, Lochish and Devir and Eglon and Yarmos. And he got to it, sorry. He says in the Torah already, Melchit Tzedek. That was Melchit Tzedek, yeah. Melech Tzedek, no, it's from Yerushalayim. Yeah. So it could be, I don't know, it could be this is a title. We'll come, we'll come later when we talk about somebody called Adoni Bezek. No. So it's like he's called, Ad- he called Adoni Tzedek. And these five fought against. And these were, if you think of the, country, the towns here, they're the, as we said at the time, these are the middle and the south. You've got Heaven, you've got Yushalayim, and we, we see that in the, in the battle we talk about, this is the case when Yeshua stopped the sun, when he was fighting them, and he captured all five of them, and all five of them were duly Avegahagad. Yep. And it was easy to say that he attacked all the various different towns and destroyed them, though it doesn't mention Yushalayim. Yushalayim is left out. And I'll come back to that later on in, when we start looking at the Pesukim here at the beginning of Shoftim. Okay. So the other ones he certainly destroyed. All the kings were killed. Yushalayim wasn't mentioned as being destroyed. Yep. And then he, co- he now, in chapter Yudalaf, you have a king called of Chotzer, which is the fertile land in Israel Valley. He c- makes a collection of all the kings that's in chapter Yudalaf. And he goes down to a whole load of them, all up to the north, and they all come together, and once again they get smashed up. And then it says, and then he's, and also Yeshua got rid of the giants which were in heaven and it says at the end, the end of chapter Yudalaf Yomi Rabim also Yeshua is called and it says he did well by Yikach Yeshua is called Ha'oretz Hazayis Ha'or it's called Anegev it's called Eretz Goshen it's Ha'shvelo it's Ha'rovo it's Ha'yusua Ha'shvelosa and he ended up all the way up to Baal God, it's probably Baal, Baalbek, which goes right the way up the, 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 the as it says here, but because, because Halvonai, you know, there's the Lebanon, right, all the way up. It's It suggests to you, you know, he's taken over the whole country. And certainly when you, when you read these Pesukim, you find he's done, he's taken over the whole place. And then you come to chapter Yud base where we are given a whole list of the kings that he defeated. God, all the way from Baal God, all the way down to Edom, just going up to Edom. And gives a whole list of the kings, Melech Yuichai Echon, Melech Oain, 
Hashem Yitzhak Beitzel Echod, Melech Yushalayim Echod, he's also mentioned Melech. 31 kings are mentioned as being defeated by yeah. and it ends up that therefore we're fine and then you discover in chapter Yud Gimel beginning Yeshua Zokrim Boba Yomim Vayom Hashem Elon Atos Zokanto Boto Yomim there's a lot more land to take. So yes, it's not quite so simple. You thought he got the lot. He ain't not got the lot. There was a whole load captured, but there's a whole load not captured. And it says, the Zoysois and Sheriff, the Pelishtim, to the out to the west. And then he talks about the land next all the way going out towards Mitzrayim from there. And then it talks up to the north. And we actually, I gave you a map at the time which, indic- which showed you the Pelishtim to the west. And then you end up with the whole northern area. But that wasn't all of the problem. Because um, you go to Yud Gimel. Yeah, sorry, this is Yud Gimel, sorry. It's called Air. Oh, uh, they what they've done now. It's cold. It's cold here. Oh, cold. Cold coming out. And then we get to um, in Tezayan we're saying we're told something else. Hold on. Um, sorry, I wrote it down. Remember, trying to remember where everything is. It's a bit difficult. Just look at my notes. So, not so where, where are we? Tez, yes, then we get to Tez, chapter Tezai and Yud give us another piece of information. Tezai and Yud. It says, The Shivu is a Knani Hayoshev the Gozer. The Knanim who were living in Gezer, they were left alone. By Yeshev a Knani so what we've got now is a large number of areas which weren't captured at all. But now we discover there's something else, which is certain towns, Geza being mentioned as one, but in that map which I showed you, you had a whole load more, where the Goyim were subjugated by the Yid. That means to say, that, that is within the areas we had. That is, these areas, remember we spoke about the Rambam Shitter, before you fight with any country, or any town, you've got a Koros or the Shalom, mm-hmm. and if they agree that they're going to give up a Vedazara, and they're going to accept Avdus, then you leave them. Yes. And they are not within the Issa which the Torah mentioned, because they're not going to be any danger to you anymore, because they've given up a Vedazara, and they've agreed to pay taxes or whatever. So fine, that was Geza, and we'll discover there's a whole load of other towns of the same, of the same type. Geza just mentioned. But also, obviously, there was a large number of other towns which had not been captured at all. 
And you see this because in the beginning of Shaftir, we're going to get wars occurring to deal with other ones. So apart from these 31 kings and the land being generally controlled, what it means is no Goyim were now coming together to fight against us. But you had certain towns which were subjugated, and you had certain towns which were not subjugated at all, that they were, had not yet been dealt with. Why didn't Yeshua deal with them? Well, that we spoke about. Maybe it was religiously right for him to delay. After all, the prophet says, um, "Do not take over. Uh, um, do not take. You will not take it over in one go." Yes. So, they, so the, the first ones I mentioned were kings who were attacking, so they had to fight, and initially to control the whole land. From then on, the process of taking out individual areas and, and, and effectively, um, we call it genocide, or um, sorry, um, ethnic cleansing, was done bit by bit. It was not quite ethnic cleansing the way we described it, because if they were prepared to accept Avdus and and um, and uh, chain and Avedizora, give up Avedizora, they were allowed allowed to live. The, the, the reason where we find this, may I remind you, it's a very strong reason why we had to get rid of these goyim. It's not based upon uh, the, 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 the Torah talks about the, the, the places where the, you have the greatest tumor. It's always put down as Mitzrayim and Eretz Canaan. They were the people when it talks about the Arias, when he mentions all the, the, the things you mustn't do about in, in not just Neof, but when you come to incest and dare I say, bestiality and homosexuality, yeah? that's mentioned in relation to the, to, to the, to the Canaanim. And it talks about Molech and burning their children, they something. so they were corrupt. And the t- we had given them the opportunity to go away and leave anyway, that was a gift. So the Gershuni moved away. But the, those who didn't want to move away were had to accept either to change their style, their lifestyle, or they would be killed. Sorry, you, you want to say? Yeah, I've said before, but I cannot there's no indication whatsoever in the whole Sefer Yeshua about King Yerbelechem Chaisus. I know. I know. I can. Well, this is an explanation <laughs> which is given by the. I can't even say the Rishonim mentioned it. I can't even say the Rishonim mentioned it, but certainly it's been mentioned now by the more recent portion who's coming along and saying, why Tucker did Yeshua take Tucker? Well, though Chazal criticized Yeshua, but they, you see, again, the Psukim don't criticize Yeshua. If Yeshua had done something really wrong, you would expect a clear statement saying that Yeshua sinned. After all, even something petty, which he did wrong, in relation to Yerichai, is mentioned. So one, one, does, one would expect it. But therefore, the fact that it's left to Chazal to say, well, he died at 110 instead of 120 because he wasn't so busy with it, this must be because he, he didn't do the job really properly. He, got, he gets an A instead of an A+, plus, or an A++ plus plus instead of an A++++, plus 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 plus, you know what I mean? There was a little bit, bit of an error there that he didn't, he, didn't do, he didn't do it fast enough. But it, no suggestion that it was a complete sin. So why could it be? Of course, there were other factors which we mentioned before. Yidin don't like going around killing. It wasn't nice to kill. And this gets us into this fifth way. Yeshua is now down. So this is the situation which we've got. How many years passed since the end of the land? 
No, so far we're 28 years. Oh, that's it. Yes, we ah. said 14 years they're actually fighting, yes. and it was another 14 years. No, it was 7 and 7. Yes. 7 years fighting, 7 years yeah, Kaluga, yeah. and then it was another 14 years, we said, before he died. Am I right? Oh, I see. Before yes, Yeshua yes, died. Yes. Which not, maybe there was some battles occurring, but maybe only petty things taking over one or, or two land, not uh, uh, cities, uh, nothing yeah. big. Why? We've said this before, but I'll repeat it to you. Because the Zakanim, and here the Zakanim are blamed. The Zakanim, after the death of Yeshua, they should have proceeded to carry on doing the job. Yes. But they didn't. And not only they didn't do the job of getting rid of the Goyim, they didn't even do the job of keeping the Yidden full. Oh. And that's where they're criticized. Because each one of the Zakanim said, Shalom al-Ainafshi, stayed in his town and did not go around doing anything else. Now, this is something which we find later on Shmuel changed. Which Shmuel went on assizes. He was going round the country, judging people, and, and trying to know down he got there, and he would ask, these the mikvah, and these the Talmud Torah, basically the parents taught the children, but he would no doubt worry about what is the provision for the soccer, for the anim, or whatever. Mr. Oman, he, he did that as well as judging. We, we commented that, didn't we, on the Chumish, if you have one in ten people as a judge, it can't be that many din tailors. It must be they were also in charge of trying to improve the, the standard of, of society. Yeah. So you get Yahushua, Yahushua's dead. What did the Skanim do? They didn't do anything. That is, they sat in their towns, but don't think that they were assuring, as it were, they were, what are they doing? They're watching television? No, they're, no, playing, no. Or they're playing chess? No, they were learning Torah. They were learning. Who was the Zakenim, actually? Well, <laughs> there was the Zakenim at the time of when Yeshua died, but we said they died very soon after. It just is a title of the, the elders of the people. Really? The people, the Zakenim, we assume, in those old days, older people assumed to be wiser. So the word for Tamachachim used is Zokin, isn't it? Misha you stand up for Zokin, is Misha Konotora. Yeah? So we seem to put the two together. But uh, there, there were obviously a lot of them who were Zokinim, and there was a few Shoftim, which we'll come to in a moment. Let me, let me so, what it goes, they fail for not going around and not trying to get people to behave, and also not to. Not Getting the people together to fight. Why didn't they? And why didn't the people? Because it's, as we've said before, it's so much nicer to learn Torah, to daven, than to go off and cut the hard mitzvah of going to kill. Who wants to kill? And maybe you'll get injured yourself. And it's, you leave your wife. And you know, so much. It's the people chose the easy mitzvah. That's what they did. As opposed to Moshe Rabbeinu, we said before about Atmos Yosef. He took the hard mitzvah, and everybody else took the easy mitzvah of cupping gelts from the, from the Egyptians. So the Zakanim as well took the easy mitzvah. We commented about this, didn't we, some time ago, about the sons of, of Eli, Hophni Yipinchas, who weren't busy with the offering the Korbanos. What do you think they were doing the rest of their time? They were just, again, they were, they were playing chess, they were watching videos. I mean, what were they doing? They were sitting and learning and davening and whatever. And the Kodesh Baruch was trying to was that's not your job. Your job is to offer korbanos. You don't want to offer korbanos to bring in a few more kainim. There were other kainim around, yeah? You want to take the job on yourself? So fine, and then give it, give it the absolute priority. In the same way, the kainim were not going around. The effect of this was 
that things started going wrong. Now, how far it went wrong is this fundamental machlokas between the standard view, you might say, and the new view of, of Slobodka, which I've mentioned. Slobodka. I've mentioned this many times before. The standard view is you look at Shoftim and you discover it talks about so many people serving of Edazara and you discover two really bad things happening which was which was which was um, what's that? Yeah. Sorry. two really bad things at the end which was the story of a Pesel Micha who was serving of Edazara or something like that up there I know you yeah and also the story of Pelegis the Giver, who's a massive bite. And you say, Zaytman Toch, this is what happened. The, the, the Shafer was busy in his own town, and he wasn't going around making everybody form. And the people started mixing with the Goyim, and they would trade with them. You didn't always trade us, yeah, so they were trading. They mix, met the Goyim, that is, Avogayim, and Salam Jabatayim, and bit by bit they started moving towards Avogayim, and that's what it says that they served Avogayim. And that was the had, was the beginning of the, of the trap. So you get large. The king was not an option in all those. Well, there's no kings. Pardon? There's no king until. No, there is no. But it wasn't that an option. I mean, it would be more natural that they they had a king. It, it would have been one, and of course they could have asked for a king. Instead of worrying later on in the time of Shlomo of um, of Shaul to ask for a king, they could have asked for a king straight away to get, we need a king to get rid of, to bring the people together to attack the Goyim. But they didn't. Maybe that's the fault. They weren't bothered. Because don't forget, the, the country was passive. So anyone who had his own little house and his own town was fine. But as I said, the Goyim weren't attacking. You didn't feel that you were at risk. So everybody was happy. Ah, oh, there was that town over there. That, that, yeah, but they're not giving us any trouble. So we'll leave them over there. And we'll leave them and won't do anything about it. Why? fight coming together yeah. and then some people as I said were slowly mixing with the Goyim and they said board in the Vedazar and maybe there was rife could just view rife of Vedazar and the whole place was a, a disaster and that is expressed towards the end where he says Ish Hayosha Ba'ina of Yasa everybody did what he wanted Ish Hayosha Ba'ina of Yasa this it would be the standard view which you would have thought to be the view until the view of the Sabodka became common among uh, Orthodox Jews. But what Slobodka came out with is, no, 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 this is misunderstanding, the whole of it. This is not how it was at all. They based themselves on two things, in their, uh, more than that, but I mean two, two big wires they bring for their idea. And the idea is, the Yidden were with Tzadik. There were a few people who sinned, and they probably didn't sin that much. And nevertheless, it's put and expressed in a very strong way, and we are blamed for the sins of the of every individual because we shouldn't do something about it. So, for example, you find Moshe Rabbeinu. This is one I mentioned many times before. Moshe Rabbeinu hits a rock, which you know, I mean, hits a rock. Water comes. I mean, you know, he's got a stick and he hits a rock, and he's what he told yeah, as if somehow he'd done anything really bad. What did he, you know, if people needed water, he'd give them the water. I mean, they were complaining, and they were all complaining. And, and it's a miracle, isn't it? I mean, if you hit a, as I've said many before, if I were to hit a rock and water came out, you'd be quite impressed, no? Mm -hmm. If I told you it's going to happen. What? 
You would have been a Bundarebbe. I would be indeed a Bundarebbe, yeah. And in advance, he even tells them, I, 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 I get, can you, and he hits it, and water comes out. Wow, it's great. And before no, I could have told him to do that, he was told to take it to the thick, which he did a lot of. So, of course, no, yeah. So the Torah exaggerates the sins of bad people. I, I, I may mention the Vilma Gorn's water. Vilma Gorn says, why is it that women, when they want to see, when they want to put on makeup, they use a mirror which is either shows you as you are or which exaggerates? Because, you know, everything looks so much better when it's small. You know, Lily Pantheons, remember your story of Gulliver's Tales? And when you had this, no, you wouldn't know. But if you remember, Gulliver's Tales, when he saw the, the great big giants, you could see every, you know, these paws and whatever, everything. But when everything's small, it looks, it looks nice. So if you want so surely she wants to look at herself and think she looks attractive, she should have something, a mirror which makes her face look small. Because if you want the answer is she wants to see what's wrong to get it rid of it. What, and one small hair that's in the wrong place or, or something that needs covering up with a tear. Yeah? So for that you need to exaggerate to recognize it. If you make it small you won't be able to see it's there at all. So the Torah Kakadosha exaggerates the problems in order that we can see that there is atmosphere. Every now and again we get the homon who says, Yeshna Am the Fuzom the Fayrob and Amin. And they are different. Yeah, they don't mix with the Goyim and their, de- uh, their food is different and everything is different. These blooming Jews, they don't assimilate. You know, they're, they're among us. You know, is it, that's always a problem, isn't it? Because when it comes to the Muslims, we start to understand what the Goyim are saying. Surely that the, that the uh, Muslims should be learning about cricket and, <laughs> and become part of England, yeah? And what's it like, the melting pot of the United States, yeah? And they should all become Amechod. And they're not. But when it, we Jews want to do exactly the same thing, we also we want to. We don't want to be violent. So we're not blowing them up. Yeah, we're not blowing up. But we have, we want to keep to our own views of of sex education and and, and religion and everything else. And we don't we don't want us to uh, mix completely. You know, quite the contrary. We believe that we'll, we'll learn their behaviours, which we don't believe. So, Elamaisa, and I get onto that one. So, <laughs> I've, I've, I've waffled on. Where, where was I? How did I get onto this? Exaggeration. Exaggeration. So, yeah, oh, oh, thank you. So, therefore, the sins of exaggeration. And, and also, the kehilla is blamed from the individual. We saw this in Yahushua with Ochon. One man, one man only, took from the spoils of Yerushalayim. And the prophet says, Chotra Yisrael, the Jews have sinned. He's the only one Jews have sinned. Chotra Yisrael. And not to see, they all lost the battle against Ayin, and, and, and 36 people died in the battle. Yeah? Which had never happened before. Before Nepali, nobody died. And here they lost the battle and 36 people died. Why? Because of the sin of the, of the one person. So you see the idea of collective responsibility for other Jews. We should somehow make sure that there aren't any sinners amongst us. Obviously there would have been a way of stopping him or seeing what he's doing or, there, or maybe people don't drop too far below the standard of society. One way or another. So therefore when they look at this they say let's, be, let's, let's look at this with a different light. The Gemara which says about in relation to, to, uh, to, to in relation to uh, talks about uh, Apostle in, in, in Dov, which David talks about Hala Hiksuva al Sefer Hayosha. The Sefer Hayosha. So what's the Sefer Hayosha? So one shot is the Sefer of Gracious. Because Gracious is the Sefer of Yeshorim, Avom Yaakov Another shot is Sefer Hayosha is the Sefer of Shaftim. 
Shaftim is a sefer of Yosha. Why? Was Ish Hayosha Ve'enov Yas. This is the opposite. Not you did what you wanted to do. It doesn't say Ish Kolashem Rotzolas Everything they fancied to do. You fancy this woman, you rape her, and you want something you steal from this person, this person's in your way, and you kill him. That, no. That's not what they talk about Sefer Hayosha. Called Hayosha Ve'enov. It should say then, everybody who fancies, everybody who wants to. No, Yosha means right. People did what they believed to be right. Yeah, to a certain extent we do, but not. No. Yeah, those people did what they believed right. The vast bulk. There were some people who mixed with the Goyim, and they started serving Avodah And no doubt it spread to a degree, but it was still um, in the time of the Shaftim a meal. And one of the rights, and also. The breakdown of society was small. We have one miser of one rape. Just remember, what was Pelagish Begiver? It was a rape yeah. of one woman. Right? And there was a war, a whole war on, on this. I mean, I heard a war of Jenkins' ear. But that was basically, to do not with his ear, but a question of control of, of, of Rabbi's wealth. Here we have an issue of one woman was raped. And nevertheless, they make up total war between, between the, all the rest of the Shorten against, against Binyamin, which will come to. That is for people who believe in what is right. And the only m- big case of Vedazor is mentioned is Pesel Micha, which was also not even a proper Vedazor, as we'll talk about when we, get, when we get to it. So therefore, this is the safer of, they say, of Yeshorim. Good people. Yes, there were a few bad people who were bad, and we are being blamed for it. And we indeed blame the Shoftim, for their failure in going round and eradicating evil, which they should have done. But they also blamed it another thing, that they didn't get to the wars. And the effects of this, we're going to see this straight away in the beginning of Shaftim, is Jewish people gets broken up into bits. Probably the, what they ought to have done is get got together, all these Canaan, and appointed somebody to be the Shaftim. Here I'm inclined to disagree with much of what people suggest. It suggested almost as if we had one Shafet and then that Shafet died and you had another Shafet and that Shafet died or whatever, you had another Shafet. So you have a continual process of Shafetim. I don't know. We'll, we'll look, maybe I'm wrong. I don't read it like this at all. I see one Shafet in one part of Eretz and another Shafet in another part of Eretz There was Shafet is simply the man who's... And very often we will see the Shafet is agonished. You're not necessarily a great Tamakhachem. We're going to get Yitzchak, who was the Tamakhachem. We've got some of the others. They were just the, the, the person who was cho- appointed like a Melech to, to, to fight against the Goyim. But why was there a different Shafat in different places? Because Moshe was in charge of the whole Akali Sol. Yeshua was in charge of the whole Akali Sol. Now, because they were broken up, each one staying in his own town, looking after himself, what you've got is individual little areas. So what happens is, the, the yidden behave, that's how I'm looking at it religiously, the yidden misbehave in one particular area, so they've got Tsarus in that area, and what happens? That area has to fight against, we, I mentioned this before, my Akdoma to Malachim, we keep on coming to this. During this entire period of Shoftim, Kali Sol is broken up into Shvotim. The very first story is just that. Only this is being on, on the attack. Yehuda goes up to fight, and they join in Shimon. But not the rest of the Shvatim. The rest of the Shvatim didn't get involved. 
it's a fight Yehuda Shimon fighting against one place called Bezek yeah? when later on we find the Yidden are being in time of Devoira who's what happens there the Yidden are being attacked there's only those couple of Shavotim who are involved the others could be bothered or you know not, you know you are look, you know we, it's all tribal they would tribal and they're not looking after each other and it doesn't stop until they get, you get you get Shaul I'll remind you of the story when Shaul was made king and the reason they wanted a king was somebody who would unify themselves to fight against the Goyim one of the first things they had was the king of Yor, the Goyim Amain came along and against the town of Yorish Gilot and they said alright so we'll become your servants we'll pay you tax he said oh yes that's fine but you've got to put out your right eye put out your right eye so when they heard that they said um, don't know let's think about it so he sent messages to Shaul and said can you do something about this so what did Shaul do he took his animals and he chopped them into bits and he sent these, these bits round to all the different Shvotim and the different big major towns and said you everybody has to come to the war against Yovish Gil to help Yovish Gilod and if you don't when I finish with them I'll finish you look at this piece of meat that's what's going to happen to you lot and there was a, therefore a united Claudius soil coming to attack against Amman that doesn't apply in this whole period of Shoftim this whole period of Shoftim it's one single Shoftim doing things so that's my sort of introduction if that's um, that's must be more to say but I can't figure it so let's start Fahi Akhrei Mois Yehoshua and it was after the death of Yehoshua Vayishalu B'nei Yisrael B'Hashem Lema Fahi Yisrael asked to Hashem Lema saying now what is this saying what is it we've always we've always we've come to this before many times Vayidavi Hashem or Moshe Lema means Moshe is given permission to say over so here is Vayishalu B'nei Yisrael B'Hashem what's the lema so we said that sometimes the, the Rambans and lema can mean when, you, when you're saying it very, I want a definite answer like Moshe also says when Moshe spoke to Kodesh Baruch Hu to Vaydabi Moshe Hashem lema meaning you know I want you know you, you speak you don't just casually speak but look I'm speaking to you I want an answer yeah so they spoke to Kodesh Baruch Hu saying clearly please give us an answer what does it mean Vayishalu B'nei Yisrael B'Hashem how do they do this so if you look what did they do? They went to the Urim Vatumim. That's the only way they had. They could do it. Yeah. Now this is something which the Rishonim are worried about, which we don't find the Urim Vatumim during the time of Yehoshua. So the Raal Bag says, well obviously they would have used the Urim Vatumim during the time of Yehoshua, but it's not significant. Here it's very significant. They, you know, sometimes you go to a doctor, you've got a really major problem, and sometimes it's just your bunions giving you problems, yeah? Yeah, sometimes it's major, sometimes... So other times they asked, it wasn't that significant. This time it was really significant. Why? They're going to go to fight against the Goyim, because they've still got this idea, we will fight the Goyim, at this, at this moment. So they want to fight against the Goyim. Now they know, if, you, if we win, the Goyim are going to be scared. It'll show that, you know, we're, we're still on, on a roll. And then the Yidin will all feel strengthened, and the going will be disheartened. They, said they thought there might be something happening good to them after Yeshua's dead. You know, they see no, oy, 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 a sort of not a yokom but they're still coping as they be freer. 
If, on the other hand, the Yidna defeats him in the battle, then the Goyim will think, ah, without Yeshua, they'll be, they'll be uh, heartened together. They may even join up together as they've done previously. So therefore, this was a very significant, and they asked Hashem. The alternative approach is, Yeshua Tucker did not ask the Urim Vatorim. He was a Norve. The Abishter, we had many cases where the Abishter... Thank you. Hashem. <laughs> yeah. So what's happened here? So now they ask why. And in fact, I related to what we mentioned last week. That because Elozo sinned in the way he spoke to Moshe Rabbeinu, maybe that's the reason why the Yuvatumim, which is him, because he's the Kohen Godel, was demoted. Why did he? He sinned it's by speaking in front of Moshe Rabbeinu, he said. Even though he, asked, he said something good, which was in the case of Midjah. Remember we said last week, that in the case of Mid, they came back from the war vision, <coughs> and Moshe Rabbeinu got angry, and told off everybody about the, the, what are you doing, you're not killing, the, you're bringing back these women, who caused you, finally saw to sin, and then he told them about Tumah, Tumah's mace, but he didn't mention anything else, and then Elosa piped up and said, oh, what about the fact that these Kalim are, tra- you've got these Kalim, these Kalim are, tra- are, tra- are trafe, you've got a cash of them. And may, maybe even it's also the denim of, 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 um, of being a terrible Caleb. Between us, Caleb, we also may learn, as a child, we learn now from those two kids. Good. Come on, they're coming out. Good. I will. Okay. okay. We may, if this continues, we have to go to another room. It's not so many of us, we, can, we don't have to go. But I'll complain. I'll complain again. It, each time I complain, it doesn't seem to, to do much. Right, so he has to finish off. So, yeah, so, so we said that Eloza sinned by talking in front of Moshe Rabbeinu. That we found a metric, right? Yeah, yeah. He, he, he should have whispered. I suggested last week. He should have whispered in Moshe Rabbeinu's ear. What do you want to tell him about? Yeah, he didn't. He said, "This is the Torah that was given to Moshe." Aches Azoho you don't speak in front of your Rebbe so therefore he was demoted as it were during the time of Yeshua that was a shot which we mentioned last time so during the time of Yeshua they didn't have to ask Hashem what about that man who spoke about Elder Mabel complained about those two that was Yeshua no no was it Yeshua that was Yeshua yes but he was worried about the Fakir the covenant of Moshe Rabbeinu he went to Moshe Rabbeinu uh-huh. and said Eldor the Maidam is not in Mamachana what's going on here uh-huh. who do they think they are uh-huh. and Moshe Rabbeinu in his Haniva said Halavai Yedi Yedi Yedzazan Anavik Zegit Zegit yes he said that so Fakir he was he was worried about the covenant of Moshe Rabbeinu that's why he got the job and I call upon him so here they are asking the now we haven't got Yeshua, they haven't got a Novi, or at least if no Novi was told. So they asked the Uimatun. And, and remember, the Uimatun would light up with the Shevet of, of, of Yehuda. He said, Who should be the first ones to fight against the, the Knan? So presumably the, 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 the stone of Yehuda lit up, and then the various letters. Would, be, would light Yehuda. up in the next bit of the message Yehuda Yale I've given the land into his hand ok the, the land he doesn't mean the whole of it the Canani land the Canani land he gave yeah that means the land which he's going to attack he doesn't mean everything I thought the, 
the book in which Hume gave made up, made up words. You know, that's also yeah, 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 you heard yes, that. Yes, I think. The Hutter is a whole tribe. Well, first of all, no, I yeah. suggested the first tickle, Yehuda Yara, might be simply that it lifts up Yehuda. But the last thing, Hinein Osatis Ois Biyodai, is words. So that must have been with words, with letters lighting up, and Eloza interpreting them. But it may even be Yehuda Yara, also was part of the, the letters lighting up. But either they, they lead up names or letters. It's hard to both. So the letters make the make the name. Pardon? The letters make a name. The letters make a name. Yes. Yeah, it could be the words Yehuda Yale. Yehuda Shagar. So if you look at Rashi, Miyalona Knadi El Makaimos Shehiplanu Begayel, which we've got in the. Remember, they made a goal to get which land. So and Yehuda got the whole of the south. That is the south on the top of the of the Yamamela. Vadayin Lo which was already, which hasn't yet been captured. Yehuda Yale, Sheva Yehuda Yale, Bitzkilo, Lichbosh, Gaiwaloi, they're the ones who, who have to get rid of all the going in his own land. So even though we were told before Yehuda did capture the whole of his area, yeah, that means <laughs> he was, they were, as it were, the dominant power. But there were lots of different towns which apparently were still under the control of the going. And if he's told, go and attack them, they must be serving a Vedazor. Correct? Yes. And Yehuda spoke to Shimon, his brother. Now, of course, Yehuda and Shimon, the Shvotim, were Zichar brothers, but, but, uh, uh, the original ones, the sons of Yaakov. But here, this is obviously much later. Much much later. So, it's, it's uh, therefore, they, they, it's the Shevet Yehuda speaking to the Shevet Shimon, and they're speaking to them, you're my brother. They could be that. Why are they particularly brothers? Remember, if you, the, the, the land of Shimon, we, we had problems with the land of Shimon. Where was it? Because it's not particularly mentioned in a, as, a, as, as a separate sort of area. We mentioned various different towns there. In, in, and they all were in the area of Yehuda. Because Yehuda gets the south, as I said, if you take the Yamamelech, and you go from the top of the north of Yamamelech, draw a line directly to the, to the Mediterranean, they got everything south. And in that area, Shimon got what? Top of Yam Hamelach, yeah. To the Mediterranean? All the way to the Mediterranean. Why, why not? That's the land. We've got the Prishti there. That we haven't the got rid land of. goes there, yeah. That's to the west. They haven't got rid of the Prishti, but that's the land which they're going to be given, which they were given. And then it goes all the way south. But in that south, you found Shimon. For example, Beersheba was a town that was given to Shimon, although the Yehuda was, territory went even more. There was a suggest- this is all part of a Chalkein B'Yakov, Vafitzein B'Yesoil, what Yaakov, had, uh, Yaakov Avinu had said, because that, uh, that they would be split up. So therefore some of them were in, within the Shev of Shimon, and it could be others were in other different places, an occasional town here and there. We, we mentioned that it was all very, uh, very confusing. Uh, because we often found a town of Ephraim within the area of, Bin- of Manasseh and vice versa. So they were friendly, could be, were friendly with each other, they were next to each other. Or it might be, look, you're my brother, you help me and I'll help you. Come up to me to fight against for my land. And bash up the, fight the Kanani. 
I'll come for you for yours. So he appealed maybe, first of all, you know, we're friendly with each other, but also to self-preservation. And that's going to be the message right the way through. It's always a shaver itself is being attacked, always attacking. They are fighting. And they maybe slip in one shavit next to them or two shvatim next to them. You help me and I'll help you. But not the whole of Kali Swal. Yehuda, Yehuda went up. And they captured these, this Kanani and Prizi which were there. Vayakum, the Bezek. And they smashed up in at least one town. It could be other places that they defeated. But in the town of Bezek, Aseres Alofimish, there were 10,000 people who they killed. And that's already a big, a big battle. Now let's have a look at Rashi a moment. The Shimon Achiv, the Shevet Shimon. Oloitzi, help me, Lichbosh Es Marsh and Nofa help me to find. For Yesh, there is a Pshat. Yehuda Yala is who Osniel who Yairus. Now, we've actually had Osniel mentioned before in Yeshua. He's going to crop up in this, in this chapter later on. He was a half-brother of Kolev. That's Osniel ben Kenaz. He is counted as the Shephet, as being the first Shephet. And he's called also Yairus, for reasons which we'll get to when we get to it. But it may be that his real name, or another name of his, was Yehuda. Don't be afraid. Of, 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 um, Moshe Rabbeinu had a lot of names. Yisra, Yisra had lots of names. People seem to have lots of names. So maybe his real name was Yehuda. And he's also called Osniel for some other, some other reason. Can't see why, but there we are. So Yehuda, he's called Os- Ye- Yehuda. So he's a man, one single person. He had a brother. So there's one man called Osniel, or I, Yehuda. He's got a brother called Shimon. Not surprising. If his father started off calling the first son Yehuda, he might call the next one Shimon. Shimon. And he carries on. Yeah. So in which case, there's only two fighting. This begins to sound like Eliezer, no? Eliezer, maybe Eliezer was going to fight him. If so, there's a bigger Mechidosh here. It says, Aseres Alofimish. Isn't that what the Chumish says? That one of you will fight a thousand, and two of you will yeah, fight yeah, yeah, ten thousand. Yeah. So, that would be the... It could also be, in many of these cases, we assume that we've always said, let's make a cholent of these things. There's no reason to assume that these Midrashim actually argue with each other. There's no reason why it can't go together. Poshapshat remains that the Shevet Shimon, Yehuda, went with the Shevet Shimon, but also it may be it was led by Osniel ben Kenaz, who's Mr. Yehuda by name, and he went with his brother Shimon, who was also from Yehuda, and they went, they were the leaders fighting against the Goyim. Yeah, I mean, there's no, uh, they, they, they killed 10,000 Killed 10,000. Maybe about 10,001. I don't think we are worried about it being imprecise no. in relation to something like this. Yeah, yeah but it still be 10,000, maybe 10,001 yeah, or 9,000. Yeah, yeah. 9, uh, 9, uh, and they found Remember I mentioned Adoni Tzedek 
And now we met, met somebody Bezik. called Adoni Vezek. Now, Adoni Tzedek was clearly his name because he was the Melech Yerushalayim. I read, I read you. But we had the previous head of Bezek. Yeah, the town of Bezek. Yeah, well, if it's his name, that's not surprising either. Like, for example, you, you have somebody called... Um, I'm trying to think for a moment. Um, the name of the area. The name of the area. Oh, right. Right. Who do you have? Wait a second. Um, um, where's it, where's it? For example, Malki Sedek might have been his name. The king of Sedek. Might be their title, the name Avimelech. But here, it may be Adoni Tzedek, that it is the title of the person. It, it can't be because it's called, sorry, what? The mayor of Bezek. Yeah, that will be another shot. I'll tell you why. If it, if it, you, you, you've diverted me, Mr. Gilbert, I want to get back. It could be, this is just simply his name, and it could be Adoni Tzedek is also the, happened to be the name of the man, who, who happens to be Melech. Yerushalayim, yeah, so there's a Daini Bezek who actually happens to be the man in charge of the town. Do we think Shechem? I was thinking of Shechem and Chamaya, yeah, the town of Shechem. Yeah. So you have a man called Shechem. So you call the person by the name of the town. You got Paris. Some people are called Paris. Yeah. yeah. So you can have such a thing. So his name was Adoni. That's what the, the Matsudas assumes. But the normal chart is to assume. That it's, that it's a title, which is what you said, Adoni Bezek, which therefore is different from Adoni Tzedek. Adoni Tzedek is clearly his name. He's Melech Yerushalayim. He is the boss of Bezek. Why isn't he called Melech Bozek, if it's his title? Because they're all subjugated. There's no longer great Melochim. Don't forget, he's not one of the 31 kings listed, which I mentioned in, as being killed. Or, or, the, or the 31 kings of areas. So why is not is, he's not a king? He's merely a, a Doni Bezek. He's a, a chieftain. Or maybe it would have been an important area, but they no longer have kings because they're under the control of the... Of the. We find that in, in Tanakh later on we talk about that there was no Melech. There was no Melech, only in a Tziv. Somebody's called a governor. But he's not a... He's not a He's no longer king. In, in Mayov, they only had, they didn't have a Melech, but only a, uh, somebody who was called Nazir. But there was, there was no kingdom, so to speak, right now. Well, it seems to be more of a little areas. And the, and the uh, geography is debatable because there are no particular boundaries. Well, no particular boundaries. Well, you, you've got this whole area which we know to belong to Yehuda. That we defined in very, very precise detail exactly where the line was. But and within this is a place which is, but you certainly the very fact you've got 31 kings in your soil does suggest a king does not have to be somebody who's ruling over a massive area, yeah, it's rather like Monaco or whatever, you know, Monaco or um, or Luxembourg or um, you know, Liechtenstein or whatever, you know, it could be quite a small small area. So and it's Adoni Bezek might maybe he would have been called Melech Bezek if it wasn't for the fact that they weren't allowed to make somebody give the title of Melech. Or maybe a slightly different. Maybe that um, that it never, it just hasn't got the uh, significance to be called that. What she says in in Bezeg Shemokha. Anyway, so they found him. 
Bezek, in the town of Bezek, Vayelochamubai, and they attacked. So in other words, Vayakum Bezek must have been the area of Bezek. And now they're coming to the actual town of Bezek, and they fought against the town of Bezek. Vayaku is a Kanani was a prison. Vayonas Adoni Bezek, he managed to get out, he chased, he ran away. Ah, Vayirvachov, they raced after him. Vayirachazubai, and he grabbed hold of it. Yeah, they got it. This is the rather sound like Saddam Hussein, doesn't it? We got yeah. him. Yeah. So what do they do? Vayakatsu Esbahainas Yodov Varazov, they chopped off his thumbs and his big toes. Now, why did they do that? Now, quite clearly, and we found this in Yoshua as well, acts were done, which nowadays we would call acts of mutilation, acts of, acts of yeah. um, whatever, against capture, the people who were captured and were, had their heads chopped off. And the reason we said is, and we, we, we then found a custom cipher, which talked about it, in, which I got into, is that when you are fighting a war, you are entitled to do actions which, are you, which other people will talk about the Geneva Convention and we will say, well, this is the sensible thing to do and so they get into it. You're trying to fight a war. And if you try to find a war with, with kid gloves, you, you'll just cause a lot more death than the end of it. By not chopping off his feet, the, the, what do you call it, his, the, the, uh, this, this would teach him, not so much him, he doesn't care matter anything, got him. This would teach all the other nations Goodness gracious me, when we're captured, there will be no mercy. Just look what they did to Nebuch, Adoni Bezek, and they get more scared, and they're more likely, therefore, to surrender before you fight. And of course, well, it's far, far better, as Hip Churchill said, to have jaw jaw than war war. So you, what you would have been, been much nicer, we're not told that the Kawasal the Shalom, but according to the Rambam, they must have done that. They must have called them the Shalom, and they said, go, jump in the lake. Now Yeshua's dead, we don't believe you've got any power. So now they're afraid. Now that by doing this to Adoni Bezek, the rest of the Goyim, when they come to their town, will immediately So therefore they do it quite well. The question is, why did they do this particular punishment? And that turns out to be something When they did this to him, and they had so, wow, he said. He himself was impressed. After he got over the pain, I suppose. Shivim Malochim, there were 70 kings. I chopped off, of 70 kings, their big toes and their thumbs. And instead of giving, he had fun with them. Instead of giving, sort of just killing them, he put them under his table and he would sort of throw food down and they would have to, 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 to scavenge and try to fight with each other. They were probably tied up underneath as well. You know, it's uh, a way of... Without the thing, you can't Without the thumb. You know, fighting and, 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 and trying to grab bits of food. But it, so now, Kasha Sisi came Shilam Lealikim. He's done true with this man. Kasha Sisi, as I did, so My God has done to me that I've been punished Midakanege Midah. He's Makabalit. Yeah. So, but it also shows the power that he had 70 kings. Let's do Rashi for a moment. Shivim Elochim, Mikaran, Ataloman, Maguloson, Vaishon, Shomelech, Shomalchi, Kena. Just look at how strong they were. Shahari Adoni Bezek, Lahoyo, Kedai, Limnos, and Malchi, Kena, Shomelech. You didn't deserve the title of king. 
And nevertheless, Uksir came by that he defeated 70 kings himself and he had 10,000 men with him. Then the end of the Prophet says, They went to Yushalayim. This we'll have to talk about next week.